Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Hurricane Irma may become a real problem for Central Florida. Disney Cruise Line is adjusting course yet again because of storms in the Atlantic. And Disney has asked for a federal mediator in its, in its wage negotiations with the union. Coming up uh, also a little later on, we're going to discuss how to prepare for a hurricane if you find yourself on vacation when one hits. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 955 for the week of September 5th, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Charles Boda. Hello. Oh, that was loud. <laughs> uh, Steve Porter. Hello. Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. Julie Martin. Hey, y'all. And back in the production nook, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. Uh, John and Kevin are not with us this week because uh, they are actively doing a a special training week with the agents from Dreams Unlimited Travel. And uh, Rhino is on like a cross-country road trip to help a friend move. Um, So he'll be back back with us next week. Um, First and foremost, I I want to again um, say that our thoughts and prayers are with everyone out in uh, Texas and in the Gulf Coast being affected by the remnants of Hurricane Harvey. It is just... It's terrible. Terrible what we're seeing. And now we'll talk talk about it in a little bit, but looks like there's another one heading right for us. So um, I also want to thank everyone on Facebook in particular for their uh, good wishes for my mom, Madeline, who was... She's fine... Uh, but she was in a car accident on um, on Saturday morning. It was not her fault. Uh, at least that's what she's saying. I'm pretty sure she was drunk coming from the bar. But um, no, she uh, it was it was a circus that day. Believe me. But I tell you, she's amazing. Eighty six, going on eighty seven years old, and this guy hit her doing. He was coming out of a a, a parking lot, not paying attention. And hit the right front side, passenger oh, side of the car, and did a lot of damage. Knocked her across two lanes onto the median. That's how fast he was Whoa. going. And uh, she's fine. I mean, she had a bruise on her knee. That was it. Wow. And I, I'm thinking, and she didn't want to go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. Next day, um, I was expecting she'd be, you know, feeling achy. Nope, nope. She cooked dinner. Cooked wow. Dinner. She was fine. Um, told her today she needs to make an appointment to go see the doctor. She doesn't want to. She's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, so really glad that she's okay, but I just wanted to thank everybody for their their good wishes for that. Um, and uh, just really short housekeeping, unless anybody's got anything, just to remind everybody to check out our other shows, disunplug.com, which is where you'll find the whole slate of shows that we produce every week uh, in addition to this one. Uh, also, the show notes, everything that we talk about, we provide links and information for on our show notes page. Just head out to disunplugged.com and you can find all of that. Is there anything else anybody needs to talk about in housekeeping? 
I feel like I'm forgetting something I'm supposed to mention. Mm-hmm. Which happens all the time where yeah. it's like, oh, I got it. And I forget to put it in my little script here. And, you know, an hour after the show, I'm like, damn, I'm supposed <laughs> to say. It. So if it comes to me, I'll, I'll mention it. But um, I do want to talk about um, I do want to talk about Hurricane Irma because um, we're all starting to get a little nervous uh, here. Um, as of this morning, Category 5 hurricane, that's as bad as it gets. Mm-hmm. Sustained winds of 175 miles an hour and gusts of 215 miles an hour. Uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott over the weekend declared a state of emergency in Florida just to get ahead of the curve. Um because they can't get federal assistance mm-hmm. right. until they've declared a state of emergency. So he's um, he's doing that. Um, it is scheduled to make its first landfall tomorrow on the island of uh, Anguilla, I believe, is what they're saying. Um, and it's expected to hit many islands throughout the Caribbean, um, including Puerto Rico, British Virgin Islands, and the Bahamas, which is going to impact, if you're on a cruise... In the next week, um, it's going to impact you. There's no way around it. Um, if it is going to hit Florida, they're saying Sunday or Monday. Um, now, some models, I think we've got a, a graphic uh, that we're going to put up. Um, some models have, or maybe we're not going to put the graphic up. I don't know. There we go. <laughs> um, a lot of the models have it at the eye of the storm going over over the over Key West before it starts to go north uh, in a northern uh, direction, which will take it up the peninsula and presumably looking at these models right over, right over Orlando. Um, now there's uh, there are other models that say it extends further out into the Gulf before it turns, which again is going to create havoc for the folks up in uh, uh, Alabama, mm-hmm. Mississippi, Louisiana. Uh, right along the, the Gulf Coast up there, um, and they just don't need it right now. Um, least of all, Houston doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, I, I think Steve and I were talking earlier. You know, we don't want it to hit anybody, but I'd rather it hit us yeah. than hit them um, yeah. right now after Harvey. Um, so hopefully, it doesn't hit anybody. There are you know some models that are saying that it might start going north um, earlier, in which case it would go out to sea. Which That's what we want. would yeah. be yeah. the absolute Fingers ideal. Crossed. Right now, very few, some of the models have it, but most of the models that we pay attention to have it coming up through the peninsula, the Florida Peninsula. So um, this is also what is known as a Cape Verde hurricane. And these are especially intense hurricanes because they, they, they form off the Cape Verde Islands, and uh, Hugo, Ivan, and Floyd were all Cape Verde hurricanes. So um, it's we we will know by Thursday, Friday, a much much better idea. It is still too early mm-hmm. to say where this is going to go. And we know some people are already starting to cancel vacations. And everybody, take a breath, okay? Everybody, take a breath. We're not there yet, and I don't believe have uh, I don't think vacation waivers have been issued. No, by the airlines have. or by no. Disney. So if you're canceling right now and the vacation waivers have not been issued by the air carriers, by the cruise line or by by Disney, um, you're losing whatever money you've paid. And if you're like on a, on a package, 
you're you're inside the cancellation window, well inside the cancellation window. You're losing 100% and you may be doing it for no good reason. So I understand why people get nervous. But we're going to talk a little bit later on about Disney's preparedness for hurricanes. Um, probably the single safest place in Florida you could be during a hurricane is at Disney World. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, also Disney Cruise Line is having to adjust itineraries. Do one of you guys tell me that this is the fourth sailing now? Uh, yeah, I want to say that. I can't remember the names of each and every one, but I think it's the fourth storm in the past like five or six weeks that, that the yeah. Disney fantasies had to adjust schedules yeah. based mm. on. So it's it's happening often. It's the time of year for it. So. And what cracks me up, invariably, we've seen it so many times. Obviously, Disney is not going to sail through a hurricane. They're not going to sail through a tropical storm. Yet, they change the itinerary and without fail... You have people clamoring for a free mm-hmm. cruise or for their money back. First of all, read your cruise contract. Yeah, It's really clear. They reserve the right based on safety, safety to adjust course. Of course, if they didn't, these people would want their cruise for free because Disney sailed through a hurricane. Well, do you remember mm-hmm. when was it a couple years ago? They tried to go around, I don't know if it was a hurricane or a tropical storm, and the tropical storm moved, and they did have some rough seas, and I think it was the fantasy, or was it the dream? Because I can remember it coming in, the ship coming in, and it was sort of like... Right, that's right. And the stuff had fallen off the shelf. So I'm pretty sure that if Disney thinks that they're going to be anywhere near the area, they're going to divert to somewhere else. They've they've learned their lesson. So the, the sailing, the fantasy sailing that left September 2nd, just changed the order mm-hmm. of the itinerary, um, and you know you still got to you know still going to all the same ports. Uh, the one that I'm concerned about is the one that would be scheduled to leave uh, this coming Saturday, mm-hmm. um, because that's going to be when Irma is right off the coast of of Florida. Um, also, the aftermath if this does wreak havoc. In the Caribbean and the Bahamas, um, it may affect future sailings in terms of being able to dock at these places. There may be nothing there to do. We're talking a Category 5 hurricane here. That's as bad as it gets. And if it does hit Florida, they're predicting it'll hit Florida at a Category 4. Um, but that the water conditions right now uh, in the Atlantic and in the Gulf are ripe for it to intensify. So it's a very scary storm. It's a very, very scary storm, but we are not at the point yet where we lose our minds. And already, apparently, it is difficult to get bottled water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm kind of losing my mind already, so... <laughs> well, you know, there's, you know, those of us who live here, yeah. those of us who live here, yeah, we have to be prepared. Um, this is the first time ever where I feel like an evacuation is going to be necessary. If that's coming right for us... Like, I don't want my children to be here. Well, it's um, very rare that an evacuation would be necessary here because we're so far inland. Yeah, but not um, if it comes right up the middle. If it, Well, we had, uh, we had th- the eye of three hurricanes pass over downtown Orlando in 2004. Yeah, I know. I was here. <laughs> and uh, we were not evacuated then. But um, it was and scary. That, and, that, and those were coming, those were coming more. Um, uh, they, they made landfall. 
uh, around my you know Miami and and like that they area. went up the west side <laughs> and then. Well, one of them in, went up yeah. the west side and came over. The other two uh, came up on the east coast, made landfall in Miami, and then then hit us. This the the models that they're they're showing right now are suggesting that if it comes up the peninsula, um, I would I would say personally, based on what I've seen in years past, by the, if, if it followed these paths, by the time it reached us, we're looking at a category two or category three. Um, but again, who knows? This is all speculation. I'm not a meteorologist. <laughs> Lived here for 20 years and have been, you know, been through a few hurricanes. Um, and you know, obviously, Charlie in 2004 was the worst for us mm-hmm. um, because that was the first one we'd had in a while, the big one that we'd had in a while. And what happened was a lot of trees, you know, hadn't had to weren't. You know, hadn't they hadn't been through a hurricane in a while, so their roots weren't as strong. So when the hurricane came through, the trees with the weakest roots were were toppling. And I'm kind of worried because we really haven't had a major one in 14 years. Charlie, when it came through, um, that's where I lost like half the shingles on my roof, and the couple that came after that got rid of the rest of the shingles on the roof. But it came through; it was fast. It was only like an hour and something. Um, and then was it, it? It felt like it was a year and a half. Well, I mean, it came through because I can remember we, you know, we were in our bathroom hearing the shingles blow off the roof, and then it stopped. And that's how I was telling these guys before. That's how I met my neighbors as we went outside to see what damage had been done to the house, and that's where I met my neighbors. So well, it came through fast. We were without power here for a week. Yeah, we were out 11 days and no phones for three weeks. It was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. It was nuts. So um, that was a Category 3 when when Charlie went over downtown Orlando. But that was odd because that was the, I think it was the first time in history, the eye of three hurricanes back to back, like a, a couple months apart, passed over the center of downtown Orlando. Normally doesn't happen. And it hadn't happened in like 50 years or something like that. Yeah, it was like Mm -hmm. the year after I bought this house. Yeah, and (laughs) I can remember, you know, when I moved to Florida, um, my family said, well, just tell us how you like Florida after your first hurricane. So that was my first summer. And we had, you know, like four of them come through. And it's like, okay, is that all you could throw at me? It's like, okay, stop. Stop yeah. saying that. You know, stuff happened. Oh, okay, Miss Kathy, here's Irma. Um, no, I, no, I, you know, that was like, okay, I had my hurricane. I'm done. It needs to go out to sea, but I'm prepared. I did what I need to do, and what else can you do? Well, that's a large part of it. Um, I've been here for 30 years, and I see the same thing like every year or two years, which is um, for locals, it's not so much the the hurricane because it's impossible to predict. Um, so, you know, getting anxious beforehand doesn't help, but it's the human factor. Um, if you prepare during the middle of the year, because it could always happen, um, then you tend to freak out less. But it's masses of people going to get gas, masses of people going to get water. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, during Charlie, uh, that's how I met a bunch of my neighbors at the time. Huh. And my roommates and I were doing laps around our apartment complex in the strongest part of the hurricane because we were young and stupid. So mm. uh, I plan on zero laps for this hurricane. Yeah. Stay the hell inside. <laughs> Staying inside. Um, so, you know, I know that a lot of people are starting to get nervous. But right now, you know, we don't have it's too far out for accurate tracking. Right. As to where it's going to go. 
Now, granted, the models are starting to come more in alignment with each other because two days ago, it looked like it was just like that. I mean, yeah. the lines were all over the place. Now the models have started to come in. Um, but there are a number of factors that are going to impact the direction that this storm takes. So uh, and keep in mind that if until and unless Disney has issued a waiver, a travel waiver, you are responsible for any cancellation fees and penalties if you cancel on your own. So as of to the best of my knowledge, they hadn't they have not issued I a waiver. The house, yet. No. Um, so let's keep that let's it'll, keep that in mind. It'll be interesting to see if they preemptively close the parks like they did for Matthew. They closed the parks and then it didn't really hit us. So it'll be I'm it'll be interesting to see whether they that will if they again. think this is coming towards us they're going to close they're not going to leave the parks open. I remember I forgot it was a few years ago there was a category 5 heading right for us. And we were braced. I mean everybody was braced and they shut the parks down. And then out of nowhere this thing just took a hard right and went up the coast and never hit us. We never got anything. Um, I'm praying for that now. <laughs> I'm really praying for that now. But it's been a long time since. I mean, Matthew really did not was yeah. not because a, of the turn it made. It didn't affect us yeah. like we thought it would. Right. Katie worked ride out crew in 2004 for two of the hurricanes. Now explain to people what ride out crew is. They, so they Disney has people in place in different parts of the park to monitor what's going on, and I think she was down in the Utilidors doing her job but um they have a crew in the park so that as soon as things blow over they can go in and anything that's you know branches come down or whatever they just spiff up the park again they just have people there keeping an eye on things in case they they need it for anything yeah that sounds fun i would love to do that just just for it once and i'll and i'll say with that too disney was very good because after the the shingles came off our roof. Disney had a, a program to help cast members, and we got like a thousand dollars towards putting our roof back together. Oh, they're great with that. Yeah, yeah. D- Disney was awesome, and they gave Katie. You know, I mean, she got overtime, but they also gave her a certificate um, for four people to eat anywhere on Disney property at their expense. Wow. So of course we picked the most expensive place, but I mean they they took very good care of Katie while she was there and they they usually have a place that cast members can go on property you know, if they can't get back to their houses and stuff. So Disney does take They care take of they own. take very good care of them, yeah. And they take well, and we'll talk about that a little later on, but they take wonderful care of the guests oh, too. So Awesome. Yeah. Um all right. So, uh moving on from Irma, one of the other stories I wanted to talk about this week was that, uh, as we reported last week, Disney and the Service uh, Trades Council Union began talks to negotiate new wages for their cast members. Um, And as a result of the fact that they are in such different... uh, there is The the words overwhelming differences in this negotiation, uh, Disney has opted for a federal mediator to help the process... Along, Walt Disney World Resorts Labor Relations Vice President Robert Robin Almond explained the decision in a letter to uh, Service Trades Council Union President Ed Chambers. Um, part of that says, quote, given the union's limited availability and the significant delta between our wage proposals, we are enlisting the services of an independent federal mediator. We believe the use of a mediator will be beneficial for all involved to assist the parties in reaching an agreement. 
Uh, Disney's initial proposal was to give the cast members a 2.5% pay increase, uh, but freeze new hire minimum wages at $10 per hour. Um, according to Chambers, the uh, union's plan would raise the wages of cast members earning $10 an hour up to $15 an hour, provided they had been with the company uh, for at least three years. Uh, he also said the union seeks to raise the pay of cast members who receive tips to the minimum wage of $8.10 an hour, as opposed to the roughly $5 an hour they currently receive. Um, a union saying it's not surprised that Disney is doing this because there is such a huge difference between what Disney wants to offer and what the union is offering, and they only have a very short amount of time to agree on this, apparently. So I think October 24th mm-hmm. was, the, uh, was the date they have to reach agreement by. So they're calling in a federal mediator. Um, and obviously Disney would not be calling for that if they thought that unless they thought that it was going to be in their best interest. Right. Well, they've called for federal mediators before, <clears throat> evidently, but not this yeah, early not in the process. Soon. So, you know, usually there's some back and forth that goes on and then uh, a outside mediator will come in. But for just the <clears throat> just the opening outlying plans being this far with like such a big gulf, um, it's pretty soon to be bringing in a mediator for them. Well, also, so, from the not mistaken... That October 24th deadline basically is if they haven't reached an agreement by then, then all these other things can be put on the table as well. Right now, it's just wages. Mm -hmm. That's all they can negotiate. But by the 24th of October, they're going to be able to negotiate um, like benefits and other things as well. So Disney obviously wants this lockdown now. That's why I think they're doing it so quickly. Because obviously, if it becomes... You know, they're already this huge difference now between wages with what Disney's offering, what the union wants. If other stuff comes on the table, it's just going to complicate it further and run the higher risk of a, of a work stoppage. Yeah. If they don't get it done by the 24th, they will move on from the wages. Like, that's it for the wages. And the current deal that they have is um, valid through, I want to say, 2019. Um, so... If they don't figure anything out, that's just the story for the wages up until the next uh, round of negotiations. Oh, okay, that's so. okay. All right, I got what, that wrong then. What makes me curious and wonder is for cast members that do receive tips on the Disney dining plan, is that included? Because I know that there are tips. No. Okay, so that makes me feel like it should be standard with minimum wage because if people are using the Disney dining plan, they're not receiving tips and they shouldn't then be working below minimum wage and not receiving tips especially because more and more well, I would hope people leave in tips anyway I mean yeah but there's if you read on the boards there's a lot of people who don't or they they start to nitpick and don't give the tip that they should okay so okay cut to me as a former waiter server I'm gonna say this if you get even passable service and don't leave a tip, you're an idiot. You're a bad person, and you should be mocked publicly for it. If you've never waited a table, you have no idea how hard these people work, and they are not being paid minimum wage. They are having, they are paid less than minimum wage. They have to make that up in tips. Now, usually, depend, you know, 
especially any place on Disney property, they're making it up in tips. But nonetheless, tipping is not mandatory. But if you're if if, if you're nitpicking, and it's not service related. I mean, look, if you have terrible service, if this ser- if the, if your server is so bad that you say, you know what, I am not leaving you a tip. Okay, I respect that. I maybe have done that twice in my life. As, you know, again, I think servers tend to be the best tippers. People who worked service tend to be the best tippers. Um, so, I mean, my, my standard, my personal standard is 20%, at least. Usually it's more than that, um, especially if the service is good. If I leave somebody a 15% tip, it's basically for me like I'm stiffing them. Um, but I'm very, very hard-pressed to not leave a tip for a server. And I think what bothers me, though, what bothers me is when people act like it's mandatory. When restaurants and it's, it's a included. gratuity, it is yeah. at my discretion. So when it's automatically added into my bill or it's it's treated as though it's mandatory, that I have a problem with. That I have a problem with. I, you know, and when they do that, because they're usually doing it at 18%, Tables in Wonderland does this, automatically charges you an 18% gratuity. Um, so, okay, if you're going to automatically charge me that gratuity, that's all you're getting. And in my case, you're losing money because I would have left a larger tip. But if you're going to force me to, you're going to tell me that's what I have to pay, then that's all I'm going to pay. But nitpicking, not giving them tips, if you're on the dining plan, knock it off. I think. Knock it off and leave tips. I think Sean was saying, Sean Falk was saying that when he uh, waited at Disney, that if they wanted to leave a tip with the Disney dining plan and they didn't have cash on them, they would have to, like, get a soda and then pay by card, like, separately. Because there was no way for them just to pay with a card and just put a tip separate from the Disney dining plan. Well, then shame on Disney for not making it easier. Yeah. Well, then that's why I think that in this case, that those waiters and waitresses that if the Disney dining plan exists and it's not going to include a tip or a way to do it easily, then it should be at the minimum wage. So I don't know, just a personal opinion. Well, given, especially given the uh, number of people who use the dining plan, the dining plan is enormously popular and sells really well. So yeah, I, it's been a while since I've used the dining plan, but you always they always do bring you a receipt where you can leave a tip. So, you know, if you're staying on site, it gets yeah, I, charged. I don't use it. It gets plan, charged so. to your hotel. So, okay, so you yeah. can you so can. That, okay, that's good yeah. to know because that's not what I was told. Yeah. Okay. And back to the <laughs> the wages. I, I know this is isn't business like, but wouldn't this be a good time for Disney? To, to give them something more with all the new things that are going to be happening that they need cast members for? Like, wouldn't this be a great time for Disney to say, hey, we appreciate what you're doing, and we can't promise that we're going to do this every time we have contract negotiations, but we want you to feel a part of all the new stuff that's happening. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, I know they're not thinking that Yeah, way, it would also be nice if, you know unicorns and rainbows were flying oh, yeah. around uh, it, it just it's it would be lovely but would never happen like that uh disney won't do anything they don't absolutely positively have to do 
Um, I think what the opportunity here is is maybe for Universal, uh, if this goes on for any length of time, to turn around and up their minimum to fifteen dollars, mm. and then put the pressure on Disney because that would make Dis- a that would make Disney look really bad. It would yeah. make Universal look really good. Because I, I said this last week, there's an opportunity here for Disney to do something that will have far-reaching effects, not just here in Central Florida, but around the country. If a major employer, if a major name like Disney goes to that $15 an hour, it now becomes the standard by which other companies will be measured. Um, And right now, they could use all the good press they can get. Yeah. And you'd almost stop and think that maybe they'd say, you know what? Yeah, if we look at it from this angle, if we look at it from how our business benefits in other ways, and yeah, you know, you talk about all the new things that are coming up, they're going to have to hire in a lot of people. Universal is getting ready to add more things to their parks. They're going to have to hire a lot of people. There's a limited pool here in Florida, in Central Florida, that you can pick from. So what happens? It drives the wages up. Because you've got to attract the talent. Or you get worse talent. <laughs> or you get worse talent. Yeah, yeah. there's that too. But Well, um, that's one of the things that, I mean, Disney is considering that. And that's why uh, in their, uh, uh, their opening, they announced that they wanted to freeze wages. It's like, we know we're going to need new employees. And we do not want to pay new employees after, uh, too much after these negotiations go down. So whatever benefits or, or whatever, whatever increased wages... Um, other veteran employees get, we still want to freeze new employees at the $10 an hour for a certain amount of years. But it's also about reading the room um, and take a look at the news. The disparity, the pay disparity that exists in this country between one group and another Um, and the anger that has been steadily building for years, but has started really, I think, especially since the last election, started to build even more. Um, at some point, at some point, it's going to break. It's going to break. Um, and Disney is, you know, you know, you look at their quarterly reports, the profits that the parks division is making. And from a layperson standpoint, you look at, okay, you're making all this money, yet you don't want to pay more than $10 an hour to these people. It's the optics of it. Yes, there are business considerations. Yes, there are a lot of things that go into this. But, but Disney could be a leader. That's what I'm saying. If, know, they could, if they did that as a Fortune 20 company, if they did that, it would have, it would have, in my opinion, anyway. I'm not an economist. I just play one on television. Um, I, I, it would have a huge impact, not just here in Central Florida, but across the country. And Disney is great at spinning a story, or they can create a demand. I mean, they could give more to the cast members, and you could have cast members, you know, people lining up to be cast members. That that would help them, I would think. And I think that when, I mean, I get that they have to try to be stingy, 
But it seems like if you just open your wallet a little bit, you know, people are complaining about cast members not having the best attitudes. I'm sure if you threw a little more money at them, that would make a difference. Well, well go ahead. Craig. That's, I would say, probably one out of every three people that I knew at Universal uh, that worked there had at one point in time worked for Disney and didn't, didn't make enough. Or, for instance, they were UCF students. Why drive all the way from UCF to Disney when you could cut the trip in half? and work at Universal, get paid more, and be happier. So, uh, you know, if, if Disney was to jump up, I think they could start chopping off a lot of that, that bailout. Well, they, their, they competition, their competition with Universal has to extend beyond what new rides are we yeah. building and what new hotels are we building. It's got to extend to this. And this is where I think Disney misses... Misses the boat because mm-hmm. the attitude, the corporate attitude, is shareholders. We have to, and I and I get it. They're a publicly traded company. Yes, they have a responsibility to their shareholders. But if you're so short sighted that it's just the next fiscal report right. is all we're focused on, and not what we're going to be looking like in five, ten, fifteen years, um, and that is something Disney does not do well. Mm-hmm. They are very short sighted. Yeah, and I think that's one of the problems. I I desperately want this to happen. Uh, I would love it if the uh, unions got their way here. But why I don't think it will is if you look at um, the earnings from the parks, uh, from parks and resorts, a lot of Disney's profit this last quarter was from their overseas parks. Um, domestically, you know, they don't... When you're playing, you know, when they're budgeting and you think about a 37% increase... Um, for your cast members there, I don't think there's any way that they can conceivably work that into a budget just on the nature of what is right or, or good vibes or good PR or anything like well, that. They, when it comes down to the numbers specifically for domestic parks, um, you know, I think they're looking at that $15 an hour number and thinking absolutely no way. Well, you're, you're looking at the numbers uh, basically the last the last fiscal mm-hmm. uh, report for the last quarter. Um but you have to keep in mind that, you know, they start opening some of these new things starting next summer. Um, so between 2018 and 2020, um, the reason that they're depressed right now is because people are saying, well, all this new stuff right. is coming in the next year or two. I'm just going to wait. That's part. Of, that's a big part of the reason, not yeah. the whole thing, but it's a big part of it. Um, but they're... they're um, their net, their their operating profit, their operating revenue is up su- substantially. They're yeah. making more money off fewer guests. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about this contract ending in 2019. Yeah, what's going to happen in 2019? I keep forgetting. Oh, that's mm, right. Star Wars yeah. is going to open. Is that when you want to strike? Because I'm going to tell you right now, piss the union off. Don't do this now. And then right around the time you're getting ready to launch. Star Wars. They go on strike. They go on strike. And then they've got a gun to your head. And you are going to have to give them whatever they want. Mm -hmm. You'll have to give them whatever they want. Because you're not going to be able to staff what you need to staff for. If 30,000... Of your cast members, and that's who this 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 union is representing. Thirty-two thousand cast members. 
If they all walk out, guess what? You don't have enough managers. No. To run anything. So it's very interesting. Like you, you know, like, like we said that they're calling in a federal mediator this soon after negotiations start. Um, and I think Disney wants this locked down and locked down fast. Yeah. Um, so pulling the trigger on that is a good idea. All right. That's going to do it for the news. We're going to move on to rapid fire. Charles, we'll start with you. All right. Um, uh, we had uh, reported, uh, was it back in June, that Chef Mickey's would be temporarily relocated to the convention center at Disney's Contemporary Resort um, for two weeks. Uh, the maintenance was canceled, but it's now been rescheduled to take place from late November through December 2017. Um, so, yeah, uh, Chef Mickey's is going to be at the convention center in Disney's Contemporary Resort. I'd be very interested to see how that yeah. works. Yeah. Because um, I, I want to feel like I'm at a corporate event while I'm having a character yeah. meal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The location is really important to Chef Mickey's. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea how that And I wonder why if they took it off in June, but then they bring it back through the Christmas the holidays, season. Yeah. That, that, that makes no odd. sense, yeah. I'm sure there must be a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, Maybe right. we don't want to know what the reason is. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, thank you, Charles. Steve. Okay, Walt Disney Presents uh, is going to open on September 8th at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, it exists, or it will exist where One Man's Dream uh, existed, and it will have a full model of the Star Wars Gal- Galaxy's Edge. They're going to have a brand new uh, Toy Story Land model that's never been seen before, um, as well as concept artwork for Mickey's and Minnie Runaway Railway, along with other concept artwork and models for vehicles and stuff like that for the coming attractions so sounds kind of interesting yeah. i it will be i'm excited to see the model for uh toy story land but other than that i'm kind of concerned about what is going to be taken away yeah, from too. one man's dream because if they're going to have this new stuff what else is leaving that's what i'm worried well, about we basically already have seen that so uh they've been slowly updating it they've been kind of changing up the the style of photos um, that they have in there uh, added a whole bunch of new ones but basically the spot that the models are going in was where the studio was set up where they had like the the cardboard cut out of Walt no. standing in front yeah that's been gone for like a month and a half Stevie come on know that. Uh, yeah so that's that's all gone and obviously the back part that has went from Moana to now Star Lord and baby Groot that's been gone and they're, they're, it's always going to be a meet and greet now, probably. So that, that's the big impact. But they have retained, I would say, about 60 to 70 percent of the old stuff in there. So uh, it's still going to be good. Okay. All right. Thank you, Steve. Kathy. Okay. Um, the dis- The Discovery Trading Company shop on Discovery Island at Animal Kingdom is now offering embroidery for your iconic ear hats on September 4th. Um, So you can get basic embroidery for $3.99. Premium embroidery is $7.99 per line. And you can get script or kids font in either red, gold, or white. And they're not doing clothing, baseball caps, towels, or headbands at this time. So if you want a hat and you're in Animal Kingdom now, you can get it embroidered. How exciting. Yes, it is. Stop the presses. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Kathy. Julie. 
more news at Animal Kingdom. So they're introducing a new Ultimate Knights of Adventure VIP tour. So it will take uh, the the tour will take place as the park transitions from day to night. This will allow guests to experience um, a more unique atmosphere. Okay. And a cooler way to view the park once the sun goes down. Disney's tour guides will treat guests like VIPs as they share detailed knowledge during your exploration and um, observations of the inhabitants of the park. So you'll get to do the following select attractions um, with an expedited fast pass. Navi River Journey, Flight of Passage, Expedition Everest, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Dinosaur, and Rivers of Light. Um, Signature snacks and a specialty beverage will be... Uh, given to guests along with the souvenir lanyard and other surprises that will be included on the tour. Um, if you're over, if you're 21 and over, your beverage will be alcoholic if you prefer. Um, the tour will last for four hours. A 15% discount is available for annual pass holders, Disney Vacation Club members, and Disney Visa card holders. It will cost you $249 plus tax per person, plus your separate theme park admission to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, is required, not included in the cost of the tour. I'm going to say this. If you can get backdoored or expedited fast pass onto uh, flights of passage, yeah, it's worth it right there. The <laughs> most amazing thing I've ever, I've, uh, it's incredible how good. That attraction is how mm-hmm. how good that ride is, um, breathtaking, arguably the best in Orlando, maybe the best theme park attraction I've ever seen. Um, so right there alone, it's worth it. Plus, I think there's something to Animal Kingdom at night. Oh yeah, which it, it's a it's an entirely different experience that we've only really been able to do recently. For the longest time, it was never open at night. Um, now you know now they're doing stuff at night. So I think getting access to those attractions um, in general is worth the two forty nine. Plus, if you're annual pass holder, you get the discount. That's even or DVC or DVC or Disney Visa. Four zero seven WDW Play is how you make your reservation. Awesome, thank you, Jules. Mister Williams. Oh, mine is the most thrilling. So uh, apparently, the uh, flick cards. Are going away from uh, from Walt Disney World. I know, right? I know because, it's a sad day. Well, it, it, is. it I, is. I don't think it is. As what you were attached to the red cards? That's it was, like a. It was just, just something. All right. So first of all, for people that are listening or, or watching and have no idea what the hell we're talking about, Craig. Okay. So a flick card is basically uh, a red card that had uh, a chip on the inside of it, and you would scan it at the entrance of an attraction, give it to a person going through, and then when they get to either the loading point or sometimes like the fast pass point, it all depended on which attraction you were at. You would hand it off to another cast member. They would be able to then scan it in, and that would send documentation to uh, your coordinators in the area so they knew whether or not they wanted to update the their ride time. Um, and So this is a way that Disney uh, – that this is how they figure out what the wait time for an attraction is. So you yes. get it at the beginning – you give it to somebody at the end, and that's how they calculate the wait time. Yeah, and that's so, all you had to say. Exactly. My <laughs> flick cards and chips well, and scanning. No, it's well, just 
nice and simple. So, but as someone who worked um, in the attractions, I, especially at two different parks, Universal and Disney, there's the Disney way of doing it with these stupid cards that you have to try to give out, uh, especially, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but when you accidentally pick that foreign family who doesn't speak a lick of English and have to try to give them this card and they don't know what to do with it but look at you it gets very weird at universal instead of waiting you know doing stuff with based on cards and what numbers those outputted the leads that would be on duty it was their job to go around to the attraction see where the end of the line is and then to say okay the line is that long which that seems like a simpler thing but that starts a larger (laughs) argument on the qualities between leadership at Disney and Universal that I'm not going to get into because it has nothing to do with it. But I know a lot of people thought they were like, they always felt special when they were given the flick card. Like it's this mm-hmm. big prize uh, as far as cast members. All right, the people need to get no out one a little bit more. No, okay. You need I, to get I out will If you really defend. think, if you think getting this card is like somehow it, some special thing, oh, come on. All right. No, Nielsen no, family. not for me or for adults, but as a cast member working at Buzz, giving it to a little kid and saying like, Space Ranger, go bring this to the front. And they like would get excited and they thought it was something cool and exciting Because to they do. thought they were going to get something at the end of that line. No, they I don't get anything. They, okay. they, they were just excited to participate with the cast members and it was an interaction that you got to have. I thought people... I thought it was fun. Uh, and I think that's a little more honest than now they're going to be using your magic band because my thing with, you know, when they first came out with magic bands, it's, oh, this is going to get you on the... Now it's like they can tell when you're coming into a park. They can tell, you know, they have that thing that they're supposed to start doing where they can scan your feet and then they can see where you're going because it's going to make your park experience better. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That, that kind of stuff, I don't know. That, I think that starts to get... It dehumanizes. Yeah. Big Brother Mickey. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would take... An, if I thought they were scanning my shoes, I'd take a different pair of shoes just okay. to mess with their numbers. Well, just not really on the shoe thing, but... So are you in the boat then that it's great when you ride Haunted Mansion and a little personalized thing pop ups, pops up for you at the end or Small World? It doesn't do anything for me. Okay. I, I didn't know because some people are like, well, I want that, but then I don't want stuff like them being able to know where I'm at when I come in. That's that's part of it. So if you I want the little magical moments, you'll have to accept the other side of it. I feel, feel like the, the few magical moments you might get from wearing your magic band is greatly outweighed by the amount of knowledge that they get from every guest as they come into the park and use their magic band. So I'm, I'm not a fan. Okay. There are shirts that people have made that look like the uh, oh, God. flick card. Okay, again, <laughs> go see a movie. Get out of the house once in a while. If, I'm sorry. I, do, I Honestly, I don't know a single cast member besides you who actually enjoys ever having to give these away. No, I don't. I didn't enjoy. It. Oh my God! You I already said I you hung it. Yeah. Guys, hold on. Stop. Stop. I have hung in there as long as I could with this conversation, <laughs> but I have long past the point where I'm interested in discussing this anymore. So, all right. Thank you, Craig. We're going to move on and just uh, we want to have a discussion about hurricane preparedness with Irma uh, potentially uh, coming uh, towards us, um, and we are in the midst of hurricane season, so. If not Irma, then who? Um, so we thought we'd have a discussion about, um, you know, hurricane preparedness if you're on vacation here in Orlando, 
and have the unfortunate occurrence of a hurricane interrupting your vacation. Um, the first thing I want to say, uh, I, I alluded to this at the beginning of the show, and I'll repeat it now. Probably the safest place in Central Florida you could be during a hurricane is at a Disney hotel. Um, those hotels are built, if, and correct me somebody if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody will, but those hotels are built to withstand Category 5 hurricanes. Um, they are built to withstand the worst of the worst. Um, and Disney does an amazing job of, you know, really protecting everybody, making sure everybody's okay. Um, it's, you know, obviously not ideal, but it may happen. It may happen. Now, Steve, you have written up some stuff mm-hmm. to talk about. Yes. So this morning I published an article uh, (laughs) preparing for Hurricane Irma at Walt Disney World. It just has a couple tips for, I mean, this is not like preparing at home. It's more focusing on preparing if you're staying at the Disney resorts. So I'll kind of go through the list and we can go back and forth. But first thing I have is that you can order groceries to your uh, resort hotel. This is not saying that Disney will still have food for you. But I know when uh, Matthew came through, they had these like cheap boxed boxed lunches that were overpriced and it was like a piece of fruit and a like small little sandwich for an outrageous i don't remember what the price i don't remember the price but it was but i remember the reaction being like i paid that much for this so you might want to consider that leading up to the storm uh, especially if it starts to really start focusing on central florida we're talking about grocery delivery keep in mind that if you're an amazon prime member uh, you can; uh, they, they will deliver groceries to the Disney resorts um, as well. So, mm-hmm. um, if uh, you know, especially during a hurricane, local local supermarkets are going to be out of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Amazon, maybe not. So, keep that in mind as an option. Uh, and then I have charge your all your electronic devices, um, your phone, obviously. And then you can get, Pete mentioned this uh, before the show to me, maybe pick up one of the fuel rods or an external battery somewhere uh, so that you have that. I would, if you're, if you're traveling during hurricane season, um, I, I would, I mean, the fuel rods are great because it gives you about 50% charge on your phone. Um, you can get the larger, you know, heftier mm-hmm. battery packs that are going to allow you to charge multiple devices a couple of times before it runs out. And I think those are probably better mm-hmm. than the fuel rods because now this is if you're without power. The likelihood of Disney resorts losing power is very, very slim. And here's why. Um, Disney is its own city. Disney is zoned as its own city. You'll hear people talk about the Reedy Creek Improvement District. That is a quasi-governmental agency that Walt Disney negotiated with the Florida legislature in order to build Disney World here, basically giving him it's its own municipality. It gets to do its own zoning. So it has its own electric plant. It has its own water treatment facility. Um, And obviously, they're building these things to withstand major, major storms. I don't know that I've ever heard of in a hurricane anyway of Disney losing power we knew there was an issue at Epcot last year yeah where they lost power briefly um, but that wasn't a storm or anything that was just something happened but it's highly high I mean in 20 years I'm doing this I, I'm having trouble recalling other than that any story where Disney has lost power or where they have lost uh, the ability to provide fresh water 
Um, I think they did a lot of improvements, too, after Charlie came through in 2004. I think that was a wake-up call for Central Florida that everybody around here has now got generators and stuff. But I know Disney went and improved on their stuff. So if you're on Disney property, you're good. Yeah. I don't want to be Debbie Doom, but this is a Category 5 hurricane. I don't want people to have like a false sense of security thinking that Disney can never lose power, that they can never lose access to fresh water, because you have no idea what can happen. Well, obviously, I mean, I there are, like it's a safer place, obviously there I, are extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, I just wanna, can I finish my thought? <laughs> um, but I just... I don't want. I feel like it's going to give people a false sense of security about that. Um, be prepared. Get your water, your dry goods. Act like this is your apartment or your home. And you know, um, there are buildings that survive Katrina, but they have no windows and no furnishings in them. Like just. Well, don't think you're going to be totally safe. That's that's all. I'm okay, to say. and and of course, of course, my intention is never to give a false sense of security, but it is also to highlight the fact that if you are here during a hurricane, don't assume you're going to die either. Um, that Disney has a, a Category Five hurricane has never ever crossed Orlando um, because by the time these hurricanes get to Orlando, they are downgraded. They're Category Five when they make landfall. We are in the middle of the state. Um, category three hurricane is what Charlie was. Um, we don't get category fives here. Um, if you're on the coast, yes, but inland you don't. Um, and like I said, Disney, it's obviously there are things you need to do to prepare and not take it for granted. And I would also say, along with like what Julie said, um, pack your patience when you come. If there's cast members at your resort, remember they're away from their home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one thing to ride out a hurricane in a hotel room, but for a cast member who's worried about what's going on with their family or their house, you know, a little bit of patience. And, and you know, a lot of people, that's why you come to Disney World. You want to be in vacation mode. But when there's a hurricane going on, you've got to have your wits about you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can remember in years past and people complained about having to be in their rooms. Being in your room is the safest place to yep. be. Don't yes. be stupid and go outside and take pictures or wander around because where you're at right that minute, because we all know how the wind can change mm-hmm. and stuff. So just pay attention. Well, that was the next point I wanted to make is that you don't leave your hotel room during a hurricane. And this, I, I think, probably the biggest mistake a lot of people that have never been in a hurricane before make is oh i want to go outside and see no no because not only are you dealing with potentially 100 plus mile an hour winds um that's not only what does damage the gusts you heard me talking earlier about irma right now sustained winds of 175 miles an hour gusts up to 215 at a category three you're talking about 100 to 125 mile an hour winds gusts could go even higher so uh, you, a, you do not want to be out in that because there will be debris. It's not a question of how of, 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 of if. if. It's a question of how much. The other thing, and this every single time, every single season that we have a major hurricane, you hear these stories. Even after the hurricane has passed, power lines are down, but they're not dead. And they're in water and people step in a puddle. And are electrocuted. Um, you stay in until you are told it is safe. 
The buildings themselves are built to withstand these hurricanes. But they can't control everything. They can't control all of it. But having having uh, snacks and food, you're not going to have to feed yourself for a week. Um, you're going to need to be able to eat for a day um, before some measure of service is restored. They recommend three days, but... Okay, at a uh, resort. I mean, I'm just. I, I, mean, I would at be home. prepared. I know, at, but at, still, at home, yeah. But I don't know. I would be prepared. Uh, we kind of already ch- touched on this. So I'm just going to say, turn up your air conditioning in case they lose power. Not that that'll save you for much, but you might get a couple more hours of cooler temperatures. Filling up your bathtub. Sometimes people do that at home. Mm-hmm. At I mean, you could do that at your resort. And then this is kind of going back to what we haven't addressed. Um, if you have any special medication, uh, maybe consider taking an Uber or a taxi to pharmacy because you might be on your Walt Disney World vacation longer than expected. So that's definitely a good option. Um, notifying family, friends. Um, to you know, Kathy was saying when Charlie came through, she had a hard time calling anyone because all the cell towers were down. So you know, letting them know where you're staying, how long you're supposed to be there, kind of giving them an idea. And then also notifying your children about the situation. So just not to scare them, but mm-hmm. to say, I know we thought we were going to the Magic Kingdom today, but this is kind of what's going on and addressing that with them. Um, and then I have filling up your car or rental car um, with gas, with gas uh, to do in case you need to evacuate. Because that was, that was a huge issue during Charlie um, because so many areas around Central Florida lost power that the gas pumps weren't operational. We had gas. We just couldn't get it out of the pumps. So filling up your car ahead of time to make sure you have gas is... Yeah, that's crucial. And it doesn't hurt to have cash. Mm-hmm. Most people that's don't, right. don't think yeah. of that. But if the you know ATMs are down or whatever, um, you know, have enough cash to be able to survive a couple of days that's good even like having glow sticks if you have kids and stuff if you were to lose power at your resort having glow sticks or battery operated candles i mean they don't want you to have i'm sure yeah you you can't have regular candles so but those could be something to think about getting possibly and then lastly if it's very dire just knowing your evacuation route um if you have a rental car or car so i was kind of wrapped it up for this article i know when i took my first cruise and somebody had a list of things you were supposed to bring and it was like bring a flashlight and some duct tape and and i've taken i don't know how many cruises since then and i still pack that kind of stuff um i think during charlie and maybe some other times they did put flashlights in the room but if you haven't left to go to disney yet i would put a flashlight in your suitcase and ponchos because once it stops, you know, it's, it's fun to go to a park in the rain as long as no, no, it's not, not. as long as there's no hurricane going on. But, um, right. you know, bring some books, you know, because your iPad's not going to last mm-hmm. forever unless you're in the hotel that has the power. But, you know, unplug a little bit. You need and, some old fashioned entertainment. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, well, making. Yeah, I was going to say, too, making sure, you know, especially for kids that you have activities to do in the room to keep their mind occupied, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in case television isn't working, in case, you know, because we went, like I said, I, I don't believe Disney did not lose power during Charlie. Most of the areas of Orlando around it did. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we were without power for a week. I think you said you were out with about 11 days. days. Yeah. Um, So uh, in the event though, that it does lose power, 
you know, obviously you're not going to have. I can remember going to Walmart after Charlie. And back then, like Walmart and Publix and all those did not have backup generators because this hadn't happened in 50 years. And to walk into a Walmart and see, like, everywhere where there was supposed to be, like, cold stuff, there was nothing. Mm. And Publix, it was like that. And I can remember being, I was telling them of being in a line at a McDonald's because McDonald's had hot food. It was, like, the only one around because everybody was tired of eating what they had. Just, you know... I don't want to say, like, treat it like an experience. It's like, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. So you have to make the best of it. I I don't enjoy hurricanes. No. uh, At all. Um, They're not fun, especially if you're a homeowner. Yes. In these areas. But uh, there is something. I I don't want to put any kind of positive spin on a hurricane, but there is something um, exciting it's about it, of course, until you know, until somebody loses an eye, and then it's well, it's yeah. it's an event. Everybody stops what they're doing and they plan for it, and there's tension. And people talk about it, and um, you check in with your family, uh, and so yeah, it, it's not necessarily good, but it's definitely special. But the one thing, um, and it, you know, if you do find yourselves in in stores or you have to gas up a rental car or anything like that. Um, it may take hours, and everybody is going to be very angry and mm-hmm. frustrated. And the worst part about before a hurricane or the aftermath of a hurricane is the way people l- let it change them. Um, so if you see somebody who's yelling and screaming at the gas pumps or something like that, remember, it's not Mad Max. You don't have to murder somebody over gas. Just um, be the be the bigger person and just realize that as long as you're safe and as long as you're alive, everything's going to work out fine. And try not to let that frustration overtake you because that's one of the saddest parts yeah. about it is just watching people kind of devolve in the stores and the gas stations and everything. So, um, you know, keep a good outlook. As long as you're alive, everything's going to be fine. And oh. just just know that, you know, like you were saying before about the waiver, Disney will work for you, with you, once they put out this waiver. And Disney is very good about changing your accommodations and stuff. But also realize, you know, check with your airlines. Airlines um, are going to be you know, impacted by this. Don't go out to the airport thinking your flight is there. Check with your airline beforehand because you see the stories of people now camped out in the airport for days and, you know, they didn't bring cash. They're not prepared. Just be prepared. And, you know, there's a fine line between preparedness and panic Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, look, it should be taken seriously. These are major, major storms. Um, At the same time, panic serves no one, serves no purpose at all. Uh, especially at this point right now, because we just don't know what the what the path of this storm is going to be. So it's about, you know, like, OK, I don't know if this it's coming to Orlando, but I started two days ago making preparations, you know, um, from just in case I would much rather be prepared and have nothing happen than not be prepared and have something happen. So that's what we're suggesting here is kind of think about. Uh, what it is you need to get together for your family if you if you're going to be here during during this if you're leaving in the next couple of days, um, but also keep in mind as we mentioned earlier, if you do decide to cancel your trip at this point before a waiver has been issued, you will not get any special compensation or consideration from either the airlines or from Disney. Um, so it's not until they issue those waivers and until the National Weather Service says. That storm's coming here. They're not going to. They're not going to issue a waiver. 
Um, we should know more about that Thursday. When, uh, tomorrow or Thursday, we should have a better idea of the track of the storm right now. Right now, it's uh, 6 to 5 in Pickham uh, as to whether or not we're going to get this here. Um, somebody's going to get it unless that thing miraculously turns up the coast and out to sea, which is what we're hoping for. But better to be prepared than not. So that is going to do it for our show for today. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes and out of the damn hurricanes. See you next week, hopefully. Hopefully.